I want to quickly read here in Genesis chapter 18, verse 9. This is God speaking. He's put on humanity here in the Old Testament. He's visited with Abraham. And it reads, he's with some angels there. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? Where is Sarah thy wife? Lord Jesus, speak to us today on this Mother's Day. Little God, strengthen, encourage, call. Oh, in the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. I, too, would like to wish everyone a happy Mother's Day. Um, a lot of kids in this place, and I'm excited about that. I was telling one of our guests today that this is Kids Corner. That doesn't mean kids can't be anywhere in the church. They can, but you see them gather up here, and they begin to worship God, and and I want to thank some moms and I want to thank some, some dads for leading your kids in worship and for bringing them to the altar. They are your heritage. I want to, because I have the pulpit, I get to wish my wife a happy anniversary and a happy Mother's Day all on the same day. So, yeah, go ahead. You can give her. Yeah. And I, too, want to wish First Lady a happy Mother's Day. I know she's not here, but congratulations on... Your son Braxton getting married is a big step, but Mother's Day today, and um, as I thought on this day, uh, Genesis chapter 18 uh, came to my mind, and I really felt this in my spirit, and I know in one manner or another, um, I've brought out parts of this either in a moment or, or, or uh, maybe rather quickly, but uh, some to you on the side, but this passage, uh, I was in Bible study um, with Eddie and Bethany, and, and this jumped out to me as we were teaching this. Oh, I suppose it's been a year ago now. And I had never understood the story of Genesis chapter 18 the way I understand it now. Now, if you're um, versed in the Bible, and maybe some of you know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, but the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, they were very wicked cities, and the region was very wicked. So much that God said, I can't deal with this problem anymore. I, I, I can't let this sin and this wickedness continue. And we didn't read any of those scriptures today, but there, you can read it later on in Genesis chapter 18. But, but God said, I can't deal with this. And, and so a few verses from now, we see that, that God, who's put on like humanity, and he came with a couple of angels, and, and they showed up at Abraham's doorstep, and he at first just thought he was seeing some people, and he began to... Um, visit with them and to bring, make them food, and they were his guests. They got up to leave from the meal, and they went to walk, and, and God says, you know, I need to tell Abraham about what I'm going to do with Sodom and Gomorrah. And the problem is, is Abraham had a nephew, Lot, living there. And God said, they're very wicked, and I'm going to destroy this place. And so immediately, Abraham began to intercede. He's like, God. If there's 50, if there's 40, if there's 30, he went on down. If there's 10 righteous people, meaning is there 10 people trying to do right? They don't have to be perfect. They just are trying to live right. Will you spare? And what did God say? I'll do it. That is the power of your intercession. God looked and he said judgment has to fall. God doesn't want to bring punishment to people. 
God wants to save and to rescue. For God so loved the world that he gave. And it's the long-suffering to us word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Hear me, God does not want one person to be lost. And so God was headed that way. And that's Genesis chapter 18, that story of Sodom and Gomorrah. And and, um, fire and brimstone fell, the cities were destroyed, Lot and his family were drug out, his his two daughters and his wife, his wife looked backwards, She, she was turned into a pillar of salt. It's a dreadful story. And when you look at this, you see that God showed up with two angels to visit Abraham, and I immediately think to talk about Sodom and Gomorrah. But that is not why God came. That is not why God showed up in Genesis chapter 18. Oh, it's very important, but God treats it almost like an afterthought. We're done with our meal. we got to go on our journey. You know, guys, I think maybe we should tell Abraham about what we're going to do. That's how it unfolded. Why did God show up? And so when you open up Genesis chapter 18 and, and, they, and they, um, God shows up with the angels and Abraham just sees him as guests and he waves him in and he gets him down and he runs and gets the calf and, and he has his wife make bread and he runs in the tent and he says, oh Sarah, Sarah, you need to make bread. And then he goes out with them and we see the very first words when God begins to speak and they said unto him, where is Sarah, thy wife. Where is Sarah, thy wife? You see, Abraham is called the father of many nations and the father of the faithful. It was through Abraham that God was going to bring salvation to the world. And out of the lineage of Abraham, we have Jesus Christ. And so Abraham, we know, is is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They're the patriarchs. They're the the fathers of Israel. Abraham is the one that God said, get out of your country and and out of your kindred and come into a land I'll show you. Abraham was so important. Abraham, God said, you're going to have a child and I'm going to bless the nations of the world and your children are going to be like the stars of the heavens and the sands on the seashore. God visited with Abraham. Abraham, 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 Abraham. Does anybody have someone in your life that you always hear their name? Has anybody ever had that? The one person on the job. Oh, Jake. Jake. Oh, man, Jake's really great. Jake from State Farm probably, right? <laughs> He's awesome. Uh, there was one commercial, Bob. Accounts temp- temporary, right? Hey, boss, I'm sick today, and he's coughing on the phone. I can't come into work. Oh, that's okay. Bob's here. Uh, what, what about these other accounts? Well, Bob took care of that, and Bob this, and Bob that. And the commercial says, oh, you know what? My cough's feeling better already. Well, you don't need to come in. Bob's here. No, no, boss. I think I'll be there. Why? Because Bob is so great. Or, or Jake from State Farm is so great, right? And, and, and so you always hear about that person. Well, that's Abraham. And Abraham was going to be blessed. And oh, there's Sarah. And where's Sarah at? In the tent. Sarah's along for the journey. Sarah's the sidekick. Sarah's the one who prepares the meal. Sarah's the one who cleans the house and and takes care of this stuff. And Sarah doesn't even have a child. Finally, Sarah's like, you know, if God means to bless you, maybe it's not through me. And so she took her handmaid, Hagar, and she gave him to Abraham. And and she said, here's my handmaid. And 
and they had a, a child, Ishmael, and surely that's the plan of God. And so what you see here is you see Abraham, and he has a child with Hagar, the servant girl, and, and, and they have a son, Ishmael. And where is Sarah? Off to the side. But that's not Genesis chapter 18, because after the child, after everything had unfolded, you know what God said right here? He said this wasn't just a commitment to Abraham. This was a commitment to Sarah. Oh, Sarah, I know that you thought you were just along for the journey. I know you thought you were just the wife of Abraham. You were just the sidekick to the one that was called out. You were, you were the, the uh, if I can be careful with this, but you were the pastor's wife. You were the one that, um, some, a pastor's wife, or, or, or maybe we have some women out there that were called to preach, and you're the, the pastor's husband. You're over there, and you're like, well, they have the calling. They have the anointing. The, the, the things are on them, the ministry, the anointing. And, and, and while I'm here, I want you to hear me today. God has called you. God has called you. It isn't just that Jake from State Farm or Bob from Accounts, I can't even say it, the temporary guy. God has called you, each and every one of you. God has looked at and he has both desired and has and wants to have a personal relationship with you. And on this day, God showed up and he sat down at that fire and because of the custom and the culture and the way things were done, Sarah was in the tent. But I want you to understand me today that before God, men and women both stand equally before God. In heaven, he says, there's neither marriage nor given in marriage. Oh, when you face Jesus, you face Jesus as a man and as a woman. And when God fills you with his spirit, he fills you as a man and as a woman. He fills you young and old. He fills you rich and poor. He fills you either as a child or a 90-year-old person. Before God, we all stand equally. Can we give him a hand clap? So on this day, sidekick Sarah Sitting there in the tent, God sets down in his words to Abraham. It wasn't, hey, Abraham, I got another blessing for you. Oh, I wonder what Abraham was thinking. Okay, what's going on here? What, what's happening here? Who is this? And this stranger says, they don't have cell phones. There's not TVs. There's not, ladies and gentlemen, today on the radio, we have Abraham and Sarah. There wasn't some big broadcast that would go out. No, these were strangers that showed up. And the stranger says, hey, Abraham, where is Sarah, thy wife? Well, you know about her? She's in the tent. How do you know her name? Where is Sarah, thy wife? Now, they had had Ishmael with Hagar. And Abraham was like, Lord, bless Ishmael. And God says, that's not how it's going to be done. Because I didn't just call you, I called her. Just because I didn't appear through her, to her at the altar or in the, between the pieces when I made a covenant, I still called her and he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. 
And Sarah heard it in the tent, which was behind him. Why? Because she was listening at the door. What are they talking about? And God says, I know she's old. I know you said you can't have a child. I know you're, you're hitting your 90s here. But she is going to have a child. Why? Because God called her. And what did she do? She laughed. She's like, this can't possibly be. She laughed, the Bible tells us. And what did God say? Now, nobody could really hear her. It was under her breath. And the Lord said unto Abraham, wherefore did Sarah laugh? Oh, God was not talking to Abraham. He was talking to the one hiding out behind the tent. He was talking to the one that said, you know, I'm just sidekick over here. I just sit on the pew back here. I have the third row from the back. I, I'm over here on the right side or the left side. And, and, and you know, I, I, I just come to church. And he's saying, hey, I'm going to return to you. I made a commitment and a promise to you. I've been with you all your life. I named you my princess. I called you out, Sarah. And I have hope and a blessing for you. And he says, where did you laugh? Wherefore did you laugh? He says, is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life. And Sarah shall have a son. You know what she said next? <laughs> I didn't laugh. Anybody see, see that right there? You're embarrassed. Someone's like, whoa, you just did that. And you're like, I didn't do it. <laughs> no, not me. And before you know it, you lied. I'm like, what? She's like, I, I didn't laugh. And he said, nay, but thou didst laugh. You know what Isaac's name means? It means laughter. Why? Because when it, Sarah gave birth to Isaac, what did she say? She said in chapter 21, verse 6, and Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh. So all that here will laugh with me. God hath made me to laugh. I just feel like giving the Lord another hand clap right now. You know why? Because I've been through some trials. And I've been through some struggles. And I've been through some heartache. And yet I have found that God brought me through. And he put laughter into my soul. Oh, I've gone through some doubt and some frustration and some confusion. And I wondered where God was at in my life. And yet God has swept in. And he not only has made commitments to me, but then he has fulfilled his commitments. And he makes me to laugh. God has made me laugh. God has made me laugh. And so from the story of Sarah today, and not just Sarah, but on this Mother's Day, there's so many women in the Bible I would like to tell you from that God knows where you're at as mothers. And it's not just to our mothers. This is to anyone in the church. But when you look throughout the Bible, we can start with Eve. Eve was the one who first took of the fruit and, and said, hey, Adam, let's enter into sin. And God came along and he said, hey, I can see Eve that day. I'm to blame for all this. Well, why not? The rest of us blame her, right? And he said, out of your seed... Oh, your seed is going to crush Satan's head. And, and Satan's going to bruise his heel. But there's going to be an overcomer. And we know that happened at the cross. 
when they hung Jesus on the cross and they drove that, that, that spike through the heel of his foot. On that moment, the head of Satan was crushed. Oh, yes, Jesus was bruised for our iniquities. And the promise was fulfilled to Eve. The promise was fulfilled to Eve. It was out of Jochebed, this woman that Israel had received a deliverer, Moses. Why? Because there was this woman, Jochebed, that said, I don't care what the world tells me about how my child has to be raised and how my firstborn must die. I am going to go ahead and I'm going to raise my child. I'm going to hide out my child. I'm going to preserve my child for God. And I'm going to trust God that he's going to keep what I commit to him. And the nation of Israel was saved and delivered because a woman said, I'm going to trust God. The last judge that we find in the Old Testament before we entered into the years where kings ruled over the land of Israel was Samuel. But Samuel came to be because there was a woman named Hannah that got down and said, I need to get a hold of God. And God didn't come to her husband. And God didn't go to, to other people. He eventually ministered through the priest there that day. But God came into the house of God. And he came and he touched her as she cried out at the altar. And he gave her a child. And he delivered her a word that she would give birth. And so we have Samuel, one of the great judges of Israel. Because there was a lady who contacted God. When you look through the book of Luke, I don't know if any of you have done this, but there's something exciting. See, in Bible times, the culture kind of beat down women a bit, right? Historically, we see a lot of that. But when it came to Jesus, everybody was equal. When you read the book of Luke, you see that Luke tries to bring this out, where he tells a story with a man, and he tells a story with a woman. A story with a man and a story with a woman. And they're not token stories, but what he's saying is I want you to understand that when God walked on this earth, he was saying, hey, women and mothers out there, hear me, you are a part of this kingdom. And they were there with him. They were there in the upper room when he filled with the Spirit. They were there with him at the cross. And they were there at the tomb. And it was Mary Magdalene. The very first one, right? Right after Jesus, or after the angels told the women, hey, go tell the disciples, there was a woman standing there, Mary Magdalene, tears streaming from her eyes. And, and, and the gardener, right? The gardener walks up and she says, can you tell me where they laid him? And he says, Mary. And she says, Rabboni. Because God looked down. And he saw someone who the world didn't count as anything of worth. Mary Magdalene was somebody that everybody looked down on. But God had delivered her from devils. And she was there. And she needed Jesus. And the king of the universe said, I've risen again. And I first got to go visit this one over here who's crying out to me. Oh, I wonder how many thoughts and things and low emotions went through Sarah. I wonder what it was like for Sarah when she said, You know, Abraham, maybe God means to do this through Hagar so you can have her. And God said, No, you don't understand. You're not a leftover in the church. 
You're not somebody who's a part of someone else's ministry. It's not just that they receive the callings and blessings. But I have come for you. And I'm going to change the world through a child brought forth from you. You know, as we're telling these stories, I want you to hear me for any married couple out there. When God visits your spouse, the God visits my wife or God visits me, there's a hand on that marriage. And God is visiting the family. God is visiting the family. You say, wait, what, what do you mean, Lucas? God doesn't call one and leave the other out. Courtney, I'll pick on you for a moment. Jeremy's back there. He's running sound. When God rests his hand upon you and he says, hey, this is where I want you to go, you can trust God's hands on your husband. And Jeremy, when God rests his hand on you and he gives you a word and he says, hey, Jeremy, here's what I have in your life, you can trust him that God is also reaching into your wife's life. You can count on that. Now, I want to expand this to the church. The church is called the bride of Christ. Church, when you see God's hand rest on the bishop up here, and he gives him a word and a vision, he's not just giving it to him. He's giving it to you. He's not just giving it to a few out here. It's not just Brother Keith back here that God gave it to bishop. And oh, Brother Keith, because he's praying on Saturday nights. No, Brother Keith, thank you for praying. But I want you to hear me over here. And I want you to hear me over here. Isaac, God is also committing himself to you. Oh, I want somebody today to trust God for the word that he didn't speak to you. He spoke to somebody else. I want you to trust it for when he spoke it to your wife. Men, I want you to trust it, women, when he spoke it to your husband. Church, I want you to trust it when he spoke it to your pastor or another saint in the church. And men of God and women of God, I want you to trust it, ministry. When God spoke it into the church, he was speaking to you. Hallelujah. You can trust that when God gives a word into his body, he isn't just saying, well, eh, only a few am I going to meet with. God loves each and every one of you individually. And he's called you. He's called you. And one other example that comes to mind, and I actually shared this yesterday as well, but it's Mary, the mother of Jesus. You see, when it came time for her to have a child, she was a virgin. She hadn't gotten married yet. She didn't know a man. And the angel of God appeared to her and said, this is what God is going to to do and she's like yes Lord that's why I want somebody to know that you can always count when God comes to you that he's going to take care of everything else she didn't say well hold on a second Joseph might not be very happy about how you're changing our family dynamic up here she's like okay God well, I'm right here I'm your servant I'm your handmaiden and the angel gave her a word and said, this is what God wants to do in your life. And you know who was a part of that journey? Not just a sidekick, Joseph. Joseph was over there and, and God said, you know what, Joseph needs a word because Joseph's like, wait a second. I love that woman, but she came with a story. I, I've never heard this story. 
And, and he's like, really? And God said, no, no. Mary, you can trust that God's got Joseph. And so he came, and God, what did God tell Joseph? This is what I'm doing with Mary. And that was all Joseph needed to be committed to the process and the cause. And so when it was time to run to Egypt, and the angel said, Joseph, this commitment that you've made to raising Jesus, it's time to go to Egypt. Oh, and Mary and Joseph got up. Why? Because you're in it together. Oh, Brother Khan and Sister Khan, Chris and Corinne, God has called you, and you guys are a couple that's in it together. Oh, when you guys gave a beautiful testimony, Brother Khan, when you talked about how Sister Corinne said, I'm pushing through, I'm serving Jesus. But Sister Corinne, God did not leave Brother Khan over here. He kept ministering, he kept reaching, he kept touching, and he said, I got him. You made a commitment to me, and I've got your husband, and I'm bringing him along. Sister Jackie, hear me today. God has your husband. Oh, you've been praying. You've been praying for him. We've been praying for him. He has not left him. He's not secondary. Oh, I want you all to hear me. Your children are not secondary. And children, your parents are not secondary. Jesus is in this house today. And he is here to let you know that he has remembered you. He knows you. And his calling is specifically for you. In a moment, I'm going to be bringing this to a close. But we can go to Hebrews chapter 11. And in Hebrews chapter 11, when you start at verse 8 and you go through verse 12, this passage is talking about Abraham. It's talking about how he went through, um, journeyed from a strange land, to, or to a strange land, and to an inheritance, and that he obeyed God, and that he lived there, he sojourned there, that he looked for a city whose foundations, whose builder and maker is God. That's it, verse 10. Verse 12 says, therefore spring there even of one in him as good as dead. Speaking of Abraham again, so many as the stars of the sky, a multitude as the sand which is by the sea. This is his lineage. But be ver between verse 10 and verse 12, verse 12 never would have happened except that verse 11 says, through faith also, Sarah, when she was past age, it says through faith. You know what that faith means? It means not the Sarah who laughed and said, oh, this can't possibly be. But God looked at her and said, through faith receives strength to conceive seed. You know what that was? When she sat behind that tent and she heard God say, you're going to have a child. Oh, and she got, began to get scared and he said, you laughed. And she's like, I didn't laugh. But she's like, wait a second. How, how did he know my name? Oh, I can see her. And how did he know I laughed? And, and God showed up to tell me that I'm a part of this too. That he has purpose in my life. And she went from laughing, saying, really? An old woman like me? To saying, my son, his name's Isaac, because everybody's going to laugh with me. God made me laugh. God made me laugh. So through faith also, 
Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Oh, you know, faith. Faith is going ahead and obeying God and following him when you don't understand and when it seems impossible. That's faith. I know faith is the substance of things hoped for. I know it's the evidence of things not seen. But we can witness through Sarah. We see her mind. You're like, is this possible? But the Bible tells her that she judged him faithful that promised. Could we all stand to our feet in this house today? I don't know where you're at in life. But I want you to know that the God who brings laughter wants to bring laughter to you today. The God who brings joy wants to bring you joy today. I don't know where you're at in your struggle, but I can promise you that one day you're going to look back. And you're going to realize that God brought you through. And and you're going to feel joy. And you're going to declare that God has made me to laugh. I don't know if this is your kind of first experience really hearing about the God today or, or feeling His presence. I do want you to know that that peace you feel, that love, that touch inside your heart here, that you're like, where does that come from? That's Jesus. I want you to know that He wants to come and be with you. He's, he's Emmanuel, God with us. That that child born of Mary is God with us and that God literally wants to be with you today and so if you've never had him if you've never said Jesus I want you today is your day because God has personally come to meet with you not the one sitting beside you he wants to meet them too but you you've watched others get their blessing You've seen them come to the front and seen a preacher pray with them and whisper in their ear. But I want you to hear me. You don't even have to walk up here. And you don't even have to have a preacher pray with you. God is right with you today. He's called you. You may have a life full of sin and burden and ick and gross. And you're like, I can't do this. And why would God want me? He says, give it to me. Because the one thing I can't have is what you won't give. And I have all the wealth in the universe, but I want your sin. Will you give me you? And oh, just like many have experienced when I went down in that water in his name. I can't explain it. You'd think, man, he's taking a bath. But I went down in that water and it all fell off me. I want somebody to remember the day that it fell off you because God still has you. And he is still your God. And then one day I worshipped him at this altar and I began to love him. And as I loved him, he came over me and I felt him like I'd never felt him before. Oh, he swept in. I can't explain it. But he gave me, he made me to laugh. And all that stuff falls off.